are now listening to PursuitCast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. Hey, what's up, guys? It's me, Sam, back again with another episode of PursuitCast. And this is the long-awaited podcast recapping my trip to Asia. So back in February, I had the privilege of going to Japan for 10 days and Korea for another five. And right before I went, I recorded a podcast detailing the trip, the way that God kept highlighting Japan for over a year, and how the trip came together and and that we were just taking a leap of faith, just going without an agenda, without any goals or a plan, but just going in faith because we felt like God wanted us to go. So this is the podcast following up from that time. I do apologize that it's taking me this long to record this, but there was just so much to process. I feel like I haven't processed everything yet. And life happened, and I procrastinated, uh, but now is, is time for me to really sit down and make this happen. So I wanted to share a little bit about the trip as a whole. I would, I would just start off by saying that it was one of the best times of my life. I was just so encouraged by all the people who took an interest in the trip, um, people who encouraged us, messaged me saying that they're praying for us, uh, journeying with us online as we shared the trip. Uh, thank you, thank you really for for partnering with us in, in something like this. I've never done something like this before. And to be able to go with just so much support and prayer uh, meant a lot and, and it really did make a difference um, because God just did his thing. I mean, there was just so much favor on the trip. Um, even even the day of, uh, I had to set my alarm at 4.30 a.m., but I accidentally set it for 4.30 p.m., but I woke up exactly at 4.30 a.m. without an alarm. I don't even know how I did that, um, except that was just God's mercy, and I felt like that just signaled to me that this trip was going to be special, that God's hand was on this trip, even if I mistakenly did that. And once we got to the airport, um, just checking in and going through customs and going through security. That was honestly the smoothest experience of my life. I never had as good of an airport experience. Um, let Forget flying internationally. Like Even if I'm flying domestic, I've never had such an easy experience at the airport before. And the flight itself was the best 14-hour flight of my life. Um, we got favor with with uh, exit row seats, so we had extra leg room. It, it was just so much favor, honestly, and and I just felt like that was God letting us know that He's with us from the get go. So we we got to Japan, and and while I was flying there, I was reading this book called Manifesto for Normal Christian Life by Bill Johnson. It was actually a bunch of sermons that he gave in London, and it was transcribed into a book. But that book was just wrecking me the whole plane ride. It was just really getting my heart ready for what he wanted to do. And, and, and I just want to start off by just reading a couple excerpts from the book that really marked my heart for what was waiting for me in Japan. So the first quote passage, um, it says, God has called us into a place of tenderness when nobody is looking, when there are no great decisions to make. 
when it's just him and me in a hotel room with no one to pray for, no one to preach to, when it's just two people in a room, that's where you learn. That's where you learn his heartbeat. That's where you learn the presence. That's where you learn the voice. It's in the moments when nobody is watching, nobody is evaluating how good you're doing, when it is just you and him. And that just, man, that that wrecked me because I felt like that set the tone of what the whole trip would be about because it's just God, just his presence, learning to walk with him when there isn't an agenda, when there isn't a goal, when there isn't uh, an event. And I think this trip as a whole did really unveil a lot about my own performance mentality as well. I know God brought me a long way in that, but it just made me view the trip differently because I wasn't preaching anywhere. Um, I didn't lead anybody to Christ, you know. Um, No one got out of a wheelchair. We didn't meet the prime minister of Japan. I mean, I I thought of all these crazy different things that I would do when I was in Japan. and, And I can say that I didn't do anything. And I felt like that was God just stripping away performance because at the end of the day, it's not what we do for Him, but it's that we walk with Him. I mean, that's even... What, what Jesus talks about in, in, in the whole Sermon of the Mount, when people would come to him saying they've done all these different things, and he'll simply say, I never knew you. So I felt like God was stripping that away and, and reminding me that it was just about his presence, learning his presence in a foreign land. I mean, a part of me feels like God brought me to the other side of the world to just teach me how to walk with him in a new way. Uh, in, in a supposed dark place, in a place that that is known for its darkness, that's known for its wickedness, that's known for how there is no Christian faith there, that God brought me to a place like that to teach me how to sense His presence. Um, and, and, and all of that, I would say, was even marked by other passages within the book. Uh, here's, here's a couple more excerpts from the book. It says, Do you not know that a city can only mirror evil according to its destiny and light? In other words, the most sin-filled cities in the world have just missed their call in the wrong direction. They were called into significance and greatness in God. And that really helped shape my perspective when I was in Japan. Because before I went, everyone was talking about how, how dark it is, how um, wicked it is, or, oh man, it, it's so hard there, and et cetera, et cetera. And, and to a degree, it, it is true. But that's not the whole truth. Uh, because I just sense God's heart for Japan there more than anything. Just His incredible love for that nation and the people there. And that really helped me to go in with a hope-filled mentality rather than one of, of being afraid or hopeless or anything like that, but to really believe that God has a purpose and a destiny for the nation of Japan. And one last passage from the book. It says, God asked a question in the Bible. He said, can a nation be saved in a day? He just asked the question, a random question. Can a nation be saved in a day? Often when I travel, I ask that question. As soon as I ask it, everybody shouts out, yes. But he's not looking for an answer. He is looking for a testimony. He's looking for somebody just like you that will believe him for the impossible and lay their life down in such a way that God uses you uniquely to impact an entire city so that it is saved. It's been done throughout history. There have been many times throughout history where entire cities have been converted. He's looking for a nation 
even to be transformed from the top down to the bottom. And you have a role in that. You have a part in it. There's nothing that is impossible with God. There's nothing that is too great for Him to do. And that just really moved my heart as well. That I mean, this whole book honestly wrecked me because I felt like it was getting me ready to go with the right perspective, knowing that we are ambassadors of an unshakable kingdom, an expanding kingdom where God is at the center and, and His will is always done. Um, his kingdom comes and we were there with just with that kind of a mentality, knowing that God loved, loved Japan and just wanting to say yes to Him at every turn. So those were just really shaping my heart, preparing me for what was ahead, um, just renewing my mind uh, with His word as well and just... Um, him just softening my heart to be sensitive to His presence. Uh, so finally, after our flight, like I said, it was the smoothest, best, most comfortable flight I've ever had in my life, especially one that long. And when we got there, we got our bags, we, we got, went through customs, and we came out of the gate. And my friend Sam and I, who went with me, my best friend Sam, we walked out and we saw my friends from uh, the Sycamore, Dave and Andy, who were waiting for us. And and to see them was honestly a, a moment I'll never forget because it was just such a unique experience to finally be in Japan together. Because for, for a year, we were talking about Japan, uh, of, of what God was doing. Uh, there were obstacles along the way. There was conflict along the way. All these different things. And to finally be there together. I mean, it was just a sign of God's faithfulness. And, and we were just so in awe that, man, we, we are actually in Japan. Like, we actually are here together. Um, and that was really an awesome moment uh, that, that I feel like can never be replicated in that way to actually be there together um, and to celebrate what God has done to even bring us there together in that moment. So after that, we, we uh, split ways for a little bit, went into Tokyo, walked around the city um, and just sensing, like I said, God's presence everywhere. I mean, that was probably the thing that I noticed the most about Japan was his heart, how much he loved the people there, how much compassion he had for the people. So no matter where we went, whether it was a temple, whether it was some, some ramen shop, like we just sensed God's love everywhere we went. And, and that was kind of the whole journey. Like I said, it wasn't about doing anything for God, uh, but what was actually being with him. And, and that was incredible. I, I feel like some of the most life-changing encounters that I've ever had with the Lord was actually in Japan. Like moments that were just so powerful when, when it wasn't about um, what I was going to do, but just alone, early morning. I mean, early mornings uh, just happened naturally there, not because we were so disciplined or spiritual. The jet lag really helped us wake up early in the morning, and we just spent it just dedicating it to the Lord and and, and we would have such powerful encounters with God. Um, I could share more in detail in person about it, but I would just say that we, we experienced atmospheres changing, things shifting. We were weeping. Um, we were just getting wrecked by God's presence in Japan. And, and I think that was amazing that, man, early morning in the heart of Tokyo, awake at, at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., and, and there is no agenda for the day, except we just want to go where God wants us to go. God, show the people you want us to meet. And in that morning, God would just come and meet with us. 
yeah, I, I, I can never forget those moments. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm getting emotional even now just talking about those tender moments with God in His presence early in the morning um, that were life-changing. And, and, and we just live from that place. There wasn't a goal or anything, um, but we just followed God. We wanted to see different um, places and, and visit different sites and just kind of pray as we went along. And, and I just sense God's love everywhere, like, I, like I've been saying this whole time. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but uh, that was just so strong. That was just so apparent, His love for people. A um, couple other highlights while we were in Japan was was visiting the different churches there, and and our first Sunday there, we went to we went to a couple different services just because we wanted to get as much of God's heartbeat and what He was doing in the local churches. Um, and and every service we went to that Sunday, they did communion, and and that was one of the most powerful moments to be able to share uh, from the Lord's table uh, with with our Japanese brothers and sisters. And that was so, so powerful uh, for me, I would say, to man, like God brought us here so that I could share in with the sacraments, with with the people here. And, and that was just so great. Um, we took time to do communion with my friends from the Sycamore, Dave and Andy again. And, and just on our own, we just wanted to bless one another, to thank God and to uh, enjoyed communion together, and, and that was one of the, the one of my favorite moments as well. To be able to bless the elements and to partake together, and and to really um, be one with Christ and be one with one another, that was really amazing as well. Um, so we were in Tokyo for the first five days in Japan. Then we took um, the train to Nagoya, where we connected with more leaders down there. Um, so we met with leaders in Tokyo and in, in, in Nagoya, and and that was another highlight as well. Uh, before I went to Japan, I literally knew zero people there. I didn't know a single person. Um, I've never met anyone there. Got a got a bunch of different names from from friends in in the states, but never met anyone. But to actually go and meet people and to hear their stories and to be able to bless them and encourage them. I mean, that was so, so humbling for me because, you know, you know, who the heck am I? Like, who, who the heck is Pursuit? And we get to go and meet these uh, leaders and missionaries who have said yes to God, who are actually in the nation and, and serving the people there, giving everything they have day in and day out, and to be able to partner with them and just support them and to pray for them. I mean, what? how humbling. Especially when they say, "Man, meeting meeting you guys was was the highlight of, of our week." I mean, that that's what they would say to us, and and that was just so humbling. Uh, it was such an honor to meet people who who really do love the Lord and and are serving in, in Japan. So that was one of the big highlights as well to go from knowing no one to knowing brothers and sisters there, um, and, and and moving forward together. I think was a big blessing, a big. Um, Something I really walked away with being being really thankful for was those relationships and connections in Japan. Um, outside of that, like like I said, we didn't really do much. I got to share in a small group. Um, I led worship in a small group, um, which is I've never done before, but I just did it because of a prophetic word, and you know why not? But outside of that, there wasn't really much. But 
Um, another thing that I would say that God really did during my time in Japan was was really give me a heart for that nation as well. Um, every every leader I met did share that it's not easy being there. Um, that they do need more workers. Uh, they they said that I should move there. I told them. No, no, I'm just kidding. But I told them, you know, I, I do want to partner with them. I do have a heart for Japan after being there. And I felt like God did show me uh, just a couple revelations about the nation. And, and I just want to share that a little bit as well. And, and, and just as a, um, what's the word? Uh, disclaimer, everything I'm about to share is just, you know, my opinion are just things that, I felt like God showed me and revealed to me, and I'm just sharing it with you guys in faith. So uh, by no means am I an expert on Japan. I've, I've never lived there. I never really studied anything. But um, these are some of the things that I just wanted to share that I felt like God showed me. So the first thing is that Japan has been less than 1% Christian throughout its history. And for and I and I heard that a missionary shared about this from a conference before, where he said that that couldn't happen apart from the sovereignty of God. It's not that God is not involved, but it's because He is involved that it's like that. And when I heard that, it, it made me see the bigger picture of what what God wants to do. Now I don't know why He's doing that or for what purpose, but it did remind me of that passage where Paul writes that He has kept the Jews from coming to faith so that the Gentiles could enter the kingdom and to even rouse a jealousy within them for the gospel. And I kind of felt like that's what God was doing with Japan, because if you compare them to its neighboring Asian countries, we see that God is definitely on the move. We see hundreds and hundreds of people coming to faith in the underground church in China. We see a revival has taken place in South Korea and, and other nations are, are experiencing an outpouring of the spirit, miracles, crusades, and all of that. And yet Japan is less than 1% Christian. I feel like God has kept them for the right time. Um, and when that right time comes, I believe revival will take place in Japan. Because when Jap Japan experiences revival, I feel like they're going to impact Asia in, in, a, in, a, in a greater way and the world. And I felt like God is keeping it for the right time so that the impact can be even greater than it can ever be. Um, so the next thing I felt like God showed me was, was about the people of Japan, that they're amazing people, that they're, um, they're just so kind, so honorable, that they're hardworking. They're people of excellence. They're people who overcome. Uh, they're, they're, as a nation, they've overcome earthquakes and tsunamis. They've overcome war and disaster. And yet every single time they're able to overcome and keep moving forward. And they're people of excellence, like I said. So every industry that they're part of, whether it's electronics, automobiles, I mean, whatever they literally put their hands to, they become uh, not only world-class, but world-leading. And I feel like when revival comes to Japan, that they will uh, just take take the gospel to, to new frontiers because of who they are. I believe that Japan will become one of the top missionary sending nations in the world, that they will become one of the top church planning nations in the world 
because of who they are, because they are people of excellence. So it's just a matter of time before they encounter Jesus, they come to know his love, that they grow in, in relationship with him, and, and it would lead to them just taking the kingdom to new frontiers. And I really believe that with all my heart, because uh, you can see it already within their, in their lives and, and, and what they do. And the third and final revelation I felt like God gave me is that um, if you look in Japanese culture, there are so many strictly only Japanese things that have now gone global. And what I mean by that is whether it is sushi or origami or um, anime, I mean, these are Japanese things, Japanese culture words, samurai, ninja, and yet people all over the world know what they are. Um, now, I'm not saying that they're the only nation that, that eats raw fish or anything like that, but they're able to take things that are unique to their culture and yet make it global. So you could find sushi anywhere in, in the United States. Um, you, could, you could mention ninja and, and to anyone in the States, and they'll know what you're talking about. You could find sushi restaurants in Europe, in South America, anywhere, because it has gone from Japan to the world. And I feel like when the gospel um, comes to Japan in, in, in a new way and revival breaks out in Japan, I believe that they'll be able to take an expression of, of the kingdom an expression of Christianity, an expression of faith that is uniquely Japanese to the world. And I believe that it will bless uh, the, the body of Christ globally when revival comes to Japan, that they'll be able to express God in a, in a unique way that is so um, in line to who they are uh, as a people group, as a nation that will bless many nations. So when revival comes, they'll take it um, all over the world, it will be a fresh uh, expression, unique to their culture, unique to their language, but yet it will have a global impact. Um, and, and going back to, once again, to missions and church planning, I, I feel like that would be a part of it when revival comes to Japan. So uh, I'm really excited for, for what God has in store for that nation. Um, it was one of the best times of my life, just being there, seeing the people, eating the food there, uh, seeing the sights, just walking the streets, just connecting with leaders and missionaries there, connecting with locals. Um, man, it, it was so awesome. So I want to thank all of you guys for really partnering with us in prayer, for following along and and I definitely want to go back. So stay tuned for whatever that looks like. Um, I want to keep going um, back and, and, and be a part of what God wants to do there. Um, when I was in Korea, just, just to talk a little bit about that trip as well, it was so great to be there connecting with family after uh, eight years or so. I hadn't been there. So it was, it was amazing being there with, with people and, and connecting with leaders there as well. Um, Man, this trip in general was, was so amazing, so powerful, and I'm so thankful to the Lord and so thankful for all of you for, for your partnership, for your support, for your prayers. And if you want to learn more about Japan, you know, reach out to us. Um, I, I didn't share in depth on certain things, and uh, I just wanted to do a quick recap of it uh, just because it had been so long. But uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for your, for your love, and we will catch you on the next episode of PursuitCast. Thank you for listening to PursuitCast. 
For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.